Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And tonight on my 36th episode, I have national championship receiver from the Langley Rams, Mr. Alex Franz. How's it going, Alex? Yeah, I'm going pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing quite well. Thanks for being on tonight and going to talk ball. I'm excited. Yeah, let's get this train rolling, eh? All right, so Alex, earlier in the week, I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember when we were texting, kind of preparing for this, and you were at your team banquet. So uh, talk, talk about your banquet. Uh, was must have been a good time after winning the Natty and you guys all celebrating. Who uh, who took home some of the uh, team awards? So, yeah, it was a good time to get out, see all the guys again. Um, went to our local sponsor, Ocean Park Pizza, so... Got, got some good pizza, lasagna. Then uh, eventually we came around to the awards. And I think that we had six awards total. Coach's Player of the Year. I don't know how he got it. My good buddy, uh, Ryan Barthelson. And then um, Special Teams Player was another good friend of mine, uh, Darian Pritchard. Solid in the backfield, punting, big leg on him. And then uh, Offensive Player, who was a standout this year for us, at receiver, uh, Daniel Kimongo. I think he's from Calgary, 18-year-old. Unbelievable talent. And uh, the defensive player of the year was Colton uh, DeJong. I think he was an All-Canadian this year, too. Was, again, a freak, at middle linebacker, strong safety, All played all over that kid. And then, obviously, our MVP was uh, Kyle Clarot. And uh, I think he's just recently signed with the BC Lions. So it's a big, big stepping stone for him. And uh, excited to see where he uh, goes from, on from there. We know each other from back in 2016 when I was uh, helping out coach of the Internet Lake Thunder. So I know your background a little bit, but uh, just to uh, kind of catch my audience up to speed, Alex, can you take me through, you know, your background, your family, where you're from, uh, growing up in the France house, that sort of stuff? Originally, I was born in uh, the greater Manchester area in uh, England. Grew up in a small town called Marsden. Um, it's me, my mom, dad, my uh, brother and sister who had twins. Good household. Can't have no complaints growing up there, that's for sure. And then eventually I... Uh, in 2010, moved to a small town in uh, Rossburn, Manitoba. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, I think it was 2014, moved just north of Winnipeg to uh, Warren, Manitoba. What was it like when you first came to Canada, that transition from coming from England? Um, I mean, I was young, so it was just, I think the main part for me was, where's all my friends gone? Right. I, it was the beginning of the summertime in 2010, like, didn't know anyone really going to a new school i had two months it was just me my brother and sister so i guess it, it was hard in a way but um eventually you adapt to it and now i'm living my best life right so yeah absolutely worked out for the greater good and how, how about sports what did you play other sports as a youngster maybe in england before you came to canada yes yeah, so um rugby league was a big part of my dad's life obviously so he got his i think i don't even remember what age i started that at. i just think i had a rugby ball in my hand from the day i was born but that way <laughs> And then, um, so I played rugby from till, till right before, till I, uh, well, the weekend before I moved out to Canada, I remember still playing a game there and, uh, rugby was just a big part and obviously still is like, I still like to turn it on every now and again when I can and support my hometown team, the Huddersfield Giants. So it's always a good time. And then how about when you come to Canada, do you play any, any other sports before football? I guess I skied. So skiing, cause we were close to Assisipi Ski Hill. So okay. skiing turned out to be a big part. And then uh, rugby union too. 
in uh, Minnedosa. Played played a year of that there. And obviously all the elementary school sports and whatnot. So yeah, and then high school sports other than football, basketball, volleyball, track and field, anything you can think of, right? So Yeah, sound like an active kid. Talk about when did you start to play football and, and what, what really is like your first memory of playing football? My first memory was in grade eight. I was I think it was the Park West what they called Park West Outlaws. I knew I was moving to Warren, but a couple of the guys were like, oh, you got to come. I just remember being the smallest, skinniest kid <laughs> on the field. I think I, they put me at DB. And then remember I got the ball punted to me one time. Uh-huh. I just ran all over the field. And the next thing you know, I became a receiver and then uh, stuck there ever since. They found out your ability. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Back at it for second quarter action with Coach Gies and Alex France. So Alex, in 2015, you played for Coach Johnson and Coach Ewan, two great friends of mine. Talk about your time at the Interlake Thunder playing for those guys. What do you remember about those years and those and those teams? Remember uh, 2015 when I first came in, Buddy Austin, Della Rock, obviously. He plays down at Mayville. Um, said, always bugging me at school, like, you got to come out, you got to come out, you got to come out. So... Eventually, I'm like, okay, and I met Coach Johnson, first time I ever met this, I don't know how to describe him, a big, big teddy bear in my mind, right? Yeah. So, honestly, it just, still to this day, Coach Johnson, just one of my favorite all-time coaches, probably always will be. Mm-hmm. And then, through Coach Johnson, obviously the OC, Coach Ewan, mm-hmm. just another offensive mastermind. It may have just been midget, but to me, it would still, those two, they're absolutely blow my mind and still one of my favorite seasons even though it wasn't always wins but um two of my favorite coaches by far and uh, obviously i probably will never get to play for them again maybe i could coach beside them one day but um yeah that'd be cool a blessing that's for sure and then in 2016 uh coach johnson actually asked me just one day he's like hey man i need need some help like i need some help with the quarterback so i came out there i would i was already coaching at oak park coaching the jv team and uh, I was off of work at that time because I, I had a shoulder injury. I had surgery, so I really didn't have a whole lot to do. So I came out a couple times, and then it kind of just formed into me becoming the OC and the QB coach and that sort of thing. And that's just kind of how I'm wired. I can't say no. So uh, I ended up coaching you out there, and it was it was a difficult year. We had some ups and downs, but uh, you were one of my favorites that year. There, to be honest, there were some guys on the team I wasn't a big fan of, <laughs> but uh, but you were always a great guy, good leader. Uh, what do you remember about about that season in 2016? That was your senior year, and and we had some pretty good weapons on offense. Yeah, we had uh, Tommy Tommy Duns at a quarterback there. I remember he was. I don't remember who our quarterback was at the start. It was, uh, was it Dominic Verdeck? Yeah, I think or, that's right. But he was moving to Alberta, so push comes to shove. Next thing you know, Tommy Duns is slinging the rock back there, and he did an excellent job of it. Other receivers, I guess, I had Mitch Ragosa beside me, and then. Obviously, the young, talented uh, running back who uh, plays out out here now in uh, Chilliwack, Colton yep. uh, at Atafco there, and he's uh, obviously going to be a bright spot coming from the Thunder program too. So, all I remember really from that season was always being short numbers. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only real difficult part about it. I think I just couldn't get the numbers out. It was still one of my favorite seasons, though. Senior year with your buddies, you just cannot go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, our record wasn't very good, but we we definitely had some talent. We moved the ball quite well at times. 
just yeah. had a hard time putting it all together. So I remember there, there was, we played the Falcons. I don't know how many times we played them that year, but for whatever reason, every time we played them, it just things escalated. Like there was always a million objectionable conduct flags and just everything was going on. Like, and, and they kind of picked at us. We picked at them. It was definitely going both ways. But do you remember the, it, it turned into like a melee after one of the games. I don't really remember exactly what happened, but something happened and then they wouldn't leave the field. They were, they were supposed to get on their bus and it just turned into uh, actually a pretty scary situation. Cause like I said earlier, I, uh, I had my arm in a sling and I didn't feel like it, I, I could actually defend myself. And I felt like I was at work in a correctional officer role where I, I was, you know, like things were kind of crazy around me. It was kind of kind of scary. What do you remember with that? Well, before that even all happened, this is one thing I'll always remember about you from this game. I've kept this hidden from you. Okay. I remember it was, what was it? We were, we were down like 21, 27, nothing or something. Mm-hmm. And I was in the slot. I remember me and Thomas come over, we called a timeout and you said, Okay, Alex, you're gonna run a slant. This okay. is my one of my favorite memories of you. <laughs> so you're like, okay, Alex, you're gonna run a slant. I'm like, okay, like over top with the linebackers, whatever. Thomas feed it in. Yeah. And I remember lining up and you screaming on the sideline, Alex, no, Alex, no, cancel it, cancel it, cancel it. <laughs> and you're yelling at Thomas, but Thomas doesn't hear you. I'm trying to yell at Thomas. Mm-hmm. So next, you know, all I remember is running this slant. Thomas firing it in there. <laughs> And then me getting, like, think 30-yard gain. I remember looking back on Huddle after, and all I see is you in the fucking <laughs> sideline just fist bumping. So that was always a good memory there. Good but then, yeah, after the game, it was just, I don't even remember it. It was just mayhem. Yeah. That's the only way to describe it. Like, just pushing and shoving. And they wouldn't get on their bus. They wouldn't get off our field. It was just an explosion, put yeah. it that way. I know. And then, like, uh, afterwards, you know, the, that happens. Things de-escalate and... We all go our own ways and whatever. But uh, as the week goes on, Coach Johnston gets suspended. He's not allowed to coach the next week. And it was actually, like, just ridiculous. I I, I felt like it was super unfair that they kind of, like, pinned it on him. I think they were saying that he lost control of his team, something along those lines. And he had nothing to do with it. I'll always remember that because he was – he kind of coaches. And it was, like, our final – my final regular season game against the Sunrise Coyotes. I remember him just – sitting on the sideline it was kind of it was upsetting really yeah. to see that right like coach joel stepped in obviously but still it was, it was upsetting like it was just your favorite coach sitting on the sideline for something that he had no part of no doing, right exactly. it just absolutely blew my mind still don't understand it yeah i'll never understand it but it was super fair i think i wrote an email to the league about it because i was so angry about it but uh nonetheless it, it was really unfair so then moving on after that season we actually kind of connect again i end up taking on the role for the rifles as the oc qb coach in 2017 uh you come out to rookie camp in the spring camp you you did well you made our roster but you ended up making the decision to go to langley instead What's uh what led to that decision? Why did you decide to go to BC? So honestly, it was a tough decision. Like I, I had Langley, I could have gone to West Shore, but I didn't end up going to their spring camp. So then I just ended up staying. Went to Langley spring camp. Really enjoyed just being out out in the mountains, right? Like out in BC. Sure. Um, they had a good coaching staff that 2017 year. It was a good group of guys that I would have been playing with, but then. It was like, I remember talking to my mom and dad, and they were like, make a pros and cons list, right? So made a pros and cons list and all this stuff, and I was still like, what am I going to do here? Like, I, I have no idea. 
And I remember that night I had to go return my uh, equipment for Thunder. Go drop off my equipment. Coach Johnson was there. I'm like, Coach, like, I'm in a pickle here. Like, I don't know. He's like, let's go for a drive. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to go to the twin rinks. So we left the field to twin rinks. And we're talking. Like, I'm giving him my pros and cons list. And all I remember is him looking over at me and saying, Alex, it sounds like you've made up your mind. Like, it sounds like you want to go to Langley. Mm-hmm. And I think it was after that moment. I think I just needed to hear it from someone else, like not my parents, but Coach Johnson especially. Okay, Langley it is. Like, that's the place for me, I guess. And sure enough, it's uh, worked out pretty well so far. Yeah. I'm not complaining, for sure. No, good advice on his part. Back at it for third quarter action with Alex France from the Langley Rams. Alex, uh, you referenced that you made a decision to go to Langley after high school and play for the for the Langley Rams. What was that experience like just initially moving out to BC, living out there and going through your first training camp? What do you remember about that time? Uh, it was honestly a, a scary time, right? Like I didn't know anyone really. Maybe knew a few guys on the team just by name, but obviously didn't really know them personally. And um, I think I got really blessed when I uh, first moved out here. I had an amazing Billet family who I obviously still keep in touch with. One of her son is one of my best buddies out here now, Xander Bailey. He played for uh, the VI Raiders, actually. So okay. I think she wanted a space to fill, uh, fill his bedroom with. Yeah, like I said, it was a scary time, though. But Kim Bailey, my Billet mom, she definitely made it pretty easy on me. And then, obviously, as it come into main camp and all the season got new friends new teammates and eventually it was just like like i'd been here for god knows how long and how about that first training camp like adjusting to playing junior football coming from midget uh, it was intense like it was a lot to take in right bigger faster stronger guys me being a skinny uh, 18 year old kid it was it was tough it was it was um first year obviously first year jitters i mean i didn't get to dress every game that year like as expected but um a tough transition but once once i got into the swing of things i feel like uh, can't be stopped right keep on trucking you know you played your entire career out there right now talk talk about just kind of your career in langley what's it like to play in the bcfc what are who are the, some of the, like the memorable players on your team you know guys that mean something to you coaches that sort of stuff what it's like to play out here anyway it's pretty physical in my opinion anyway some there's some good teams like when we play okanagan those are some big big Kelowna boys they recruit from all over vi island tough island boys and chilliwack obviously you got the the, the big farm boys so yeah. everyone's always flying around like it's 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 non-stop like you're once you're out there you better keep your head on a swivel because you don't know where it's coming from and then uh memorable guys on my team obviously i got my I'll have another year with him, hopefully, if he doesn't go elsewhere. Who knows what he's always thinking. Uh, Ryan Barthelson, he's, uh, he's helped me a lot since I've been out here. He's a super good friend of mine. I'm super grateful that I've obviously come across him in my life. My buddy Andy Hanlon, he was a, a big part, too. He still is a big part, even though he doesn't play anymore. He's just one of the coaches. And then um, Kyle Clorot, he's special, obviously. He, uh, I've played, played with him since... Uh, 2017 so we've connected over the past four years five years now it can go on forever like they're every all the guys are we got a relationship with all of them some stronger than others right but some made this so easy for me you're a very successful program but you go through some heartbreak situations you lose the national title to the juggernaut saskatoon hilltops 
you know, talk about that experience of, of coming up short and, you know, what do you remember about that? What do you guys take away from those experiences? Oh, the heartbreak. Let's be realistic here. 2018, like, we're a bunch of BC boys, like all of them, right? Like, we're, we're flying out to Saskatoon to play this game. It's minus 30. Like, I don't think any of us could feel our nuts at that point. Let's be realistic here. So, we're all wrapped up, and these guys come out and <laughs> no sleeves, no nothing, just ready to go. And that game was a was a steamroll. That one hurt a bit. 2019, we're, like, solid, solid team. Like, lights out team. Like, 10 and 0 that year, I think we went rolled through the BCFC. Sure enough, Saskatoon ends up coming out to us. I remember that uh, stadium just being packed, like packed solid. I think we lost by a touchdown. Yeah, it was close. They only kicked field goal. I don't think they uh, even scored a touchdown. I know you're an offensive uh, podcast here, but um, the defense these past few years, Coach Bushler, who's ran that defense the past since uh, 2018, the recruits we bring in, and just obviously all the guys playing together. For that long, it's just been incredible to see. I think maybe we held them to all offenses total this year, 54 points, I think, this wow. year. Pretty impressive in my book. So. Yeah. You know, and just referencing those Saskatoon teams, when I was coaching for the Rifles, obviously we played them three times every year, right? We played them in the regular season twice and then in the playoffs. We were actually really close in 2017 to knocking them off. We lost 28-21. to 21. It, The game actually wasn't that close for most of the game. We kind of had a – a fourth quarter comeback to make the score close and, and had a shot at the end didn't end up coming through. But speaking of like those guys, like their, their offensive defensive lines look like pro linemen. I call them the, the dynasty, right? That coach Sergeant, I believe his name is. Yeah. is he built a, he's built a solid program and obviously over the past years mm-hmm. it's shown. So. And I think outside of Saskatoon, just speaking of coach Sarge, like, I don't know if he gets the credit he deserves because that guy has won so many national titles. Pretty impressive. Nice um, to see his uh, trophy closet, that's for sure. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so then after those seasons, obviously, you know, our world gets rocked by COVID. Kind of hits Canada, I don't know, early on February, March of 2020. You end up losing your season. What did you do personally? Did you come back home to Manitoba? Did you stay out in B.C.? Were you able to kind of turn the negative into a positive, maybe with extra training and just more work that you could put in to get better? Obviously, I stayed out here. I didn't see the point of really coming home. Like, I have a good job out here. So, honestly, it was just work as much as I could, make some money. And then, yeah, training, I didn't really do too much of it. Let's be realistic. It was like, obviously, with COVID, it was bad yeah. out here. Right. So, they shut a lot of things down. Like, I couldn't even really go to a grocery store, right? It was mainly, it was outdoor sports, sports, so it was a bit of spike ball with friends or just golf mainly and throw the ball around when we could, but mm-hmm. it wasn't obviously too much of it because you always had someone watching you and, and calling something in, right? So it was a bit of a yeah. nightmare in the, that aspect of things. With that situation, you know, you lose the season, but you're able to get that year back for next season, right? I thought I was going to just lose it completely and this would have been my final year this year, but mm-hmm. um I guess they said 1998s get one more, and then 1999s you get two more. So right. get to go again this year, which will, uh, hopefully we can run it back, right? Well, I'm glad that you're going to get that year back. It's too bad that you know everybody lost out on football that year. So good stuff. Sure, yeah. Back at it for fourth quarter action with Coach Gies and Alex France. So, Alex, after the COVID year is over, we all get to play football again in 2021. You guys are, you know, your motto for the year was redemption. Talk about this past season. Um, I know you uh, you battled a little bit of an injury. 
and you guys had some epic games in the playoffs. Talk about that for my audience. 2018, let's go back there quick. I uh, broke my uh, collarbone first game of the season, so I had to get a plate uh, installed in with a couple of screws. So then fast forward to 2021 now, first game of the season in the Nymo. I just remember I was running a post and um, I just got tripped up and landed on it funny, but didn't think anything of it till a few days later. So the plate or some screws in it had reshifted. So that was a bit of a nightmare there, like sidelined, obviously, and um, had to bounce back somehow. Like I knew I wanted to play this season, like mm-hmm. a few of the last guys last season who I really enjoyed. So came back and um, week six or seven, maybe, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Didn't really, obviously, didn't have a big role, but I felt, felt myself as a locker room guy, like guys, all the offense come talk to, like I know the playbook off by heart. I'm always pointing things out, like sit in this zone, go through this zone, like all that good stuff when you're running your digs and post corners and all that mm-hmm. whatnot. We were 9-0, and and then we had to end up going up to Kelowna in week, uh, no, 7-0, and sorry. I think keep thinking we had a 10-game season this year. Right. Um, then we had to uh, end up going to Kelowna. It just it just felt like we weren't there from the beginning, if I'm being honest. And then we lose this game by seven points. But seeing as we lost by seven, that secured us first place in the BCFC. So okay. that means we got to host our semifinal game. And then hopefully if we won that game, got to host the BCFC championship. So um, next thing you know, we're hosting Chilliwack in the BCFC semifinal beat them i think vi went up to Kelowna, lost to Kelowna, so that meant Kelowna was coming back down for us for obviously the best of three remember this game getting there pretty nervous but then piss and rain like cold wet like miserable like nobody football weather right fumbling everywhere like kickers couldn't get the ball off i think we ended up winning 11 7 i think we just put okay. field goals honestly and then Next thing you know, that means the big dogs are coming to town. So, stops are flying out, and here we go. Redemption 2021, right? This mm-hmm. is what we've, uh, not the final, but to us, for most of us, it's been two losing seasons in the national championship. Like, we gotta, we gotta beat these guys. I remember looking down, I think, 14 7 in uh, the third quarter, and you just tell the energy on the sideline just went down. And I'm like, come on, boys, like, you gotta, gotta keep your heads up here. Like, it's still a whole. It's not one in one quarter, right? Like, we got yeah. a whole quarter. Let's, let's go here. I remember running back Derek Best ran a, a wheel route from out the backfield wide open and scored a touchdown and then just feel it. Like, you just knew after that. I'm like, okay, like, we're finally we're finally going to do it. I remember going out to hold the field goal for uh, the game-winning kick, right? I've never been so nervous in my life. I'm like, <laughs> just hold the ball, man. You, you can't mess this up, right? No. And, Sure enough, our kicker Tato put it right through uh, the uprights, and uh, I can't even describe to you the the joy I felt there. Like yeah. finally, it was like a relief, right? Like energy just went. I was just like, oh, finally. But then that meant the job wasn't done, even though it felt like it was. So they had to prepare, can't take these guys lightly. The the beef eaters out in London. So flew out a couple of days early there, and obviously got to enjoy a bit of. I think we practiced at the Argonauts. Uh, facility i believe oh, we were staying in mississauga so i remember the morning of that game we're waking up at like six o'clock but for most of us it's 3 a.m our time right just a nightmare and then yeah finally played that game and i think our defense were lights out as usual and then i think we put up 35 35 nothing i believe it was and next thing you know it was 
floodgates opened up, you're a, you're yeah. a national champion, right? What was that? What was that feeling like, man? Like when you when you actually when it was over and you were the champs, how did that feel? Yeah, honestly, can't even describe it. Like I was just speechless in a way, but like so like so happy, like shaking. I was so happy, like mm-hmm. finally, you know, like been talking about this for how long, and to finally do it, finally see it put into action, it was just. Yeah, it's the greatest feeling in the world, honestly. It was unbelievable. And and just to reference, like, going back a game, when you played the Hilltops in the semifinal there, man, like, you basically shocked the world. Like, the you know, wherever your records were, you know, compared to the Hilltops and whatnot, like, I don't think it mattered going into that game. You had, no. to, you had to knock them off. They're the juggernaut. Like, they beat up on everybody. And, and really to win that game and then, you know, transfer that into going and, and just getting the yeah. job done. I don't want to say this to be rude to the beef eaters, but like yeah. I felt my final and my, for me, the final for me was Saskatoon. Like yeah. it was obviously the past few years we'd lost to them. Right. But like I said, they'll have to go prepare for the beef eaters and all that. But like, mm. that was just even beating Saskatoon was a feeling that it was like, Oh my God, like, yeah. finally, finally did it. Right. No kidding. That's awesome. Okay, buddy. So switching gears here, we're tomorrow. The NFL playoffs are, uh, are back on. We got Cincinnati and KC playing in the early game. Who do you like in that game? What QB do you like more? Do you like Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes? Well, I got a work pool and uh, okay. I got three. I pick the underdog and I get one point if I uh, pick uh, KC. So obviously, I I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna, I think I'm in like seventh place right now. I need to <laughs> need to build up some points. So I think everyone went KC, but I'm a uh, I'm gonna root for Cincinnati. You know, I love a good underdog story and. Right. Obviously, both QBs are special in their own ways. Like, Patty Mahomes is just Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, yeah. flings that rock. But then, I don't know, I just see something in Joe Burrow where I feel like he's going to be a talent that's going to be around the NFL for a long time to come. I'm thinking back to last week's game, Tyreek Hill, man. Like, that guy, and, and I think it was Tony Romo that was calling the game, and he kept talking about how he it's like he's playing tag, like as a little kid out there, the way he's playing. Like, so that guy's ridiculous. Like, what do you oh. think? What do you think of his ability? Like, I wish I had that kind of speed. Right? <laughs> I think everyone does. Like, yeah. just the way he gets open, just his connection with his quarterback Mahomes. There, it's like you just see it, and it's like unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, his speed and his burst, everything. Like, he's so electric. <laughs> awesome. Chris player. Rowe, dude, like, it's not like he's doing ugly. Like, no, you're out. Like, he's hitting them at full speed and just makes it look so effortless and clean. It's like yeah. it's so fun to watch. Realistic here. It's gonna be exciting for tomorrow. I'm I'm with you. I'm cheering for the underdog in Cincinnati. I'd like to see Joe Burrow get there, but that's gonna be a tall task. How about in the later game, the NFC game? We got San Fran in LA. You know, Matt Stafford there knocks off Tom Brady yesterday or last week. Do you think he can keep it rolling? And, and do you think Jimmy G's a little bit underrated? Well, I mean, I'm not really friends with Jimmy G right now because he knocked off my Packers last week, okay. even though he didn't do too much, right? right. But um I don't know. It just depends on the game. When it comes to Jimmy G, like, is is he gonna show up? Like, it's. I always see when I watch his games. It always seems like a game time decision whether he's gonna be there or not there, mm-hmm. right? And then does the offense rally around him? And then with Stafford, obviously he kind of forced Tom Brady into a bit of a retirement today. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sounded like it was, I was like, oh, Brady's finally retired, and then next thing you know, he's not retired. He's yeah. back. So. <laughs> That LA team, though, they're uh, I'm cheering for them. Like they're a fun team to watch, and um, yeah, like Cooper Cup, obviously there too. Yeah. Him and Stafford's connection over the games past weeks is just like incredible to watch. 
Oh, that one's going to be exciting. I like yeah. what San Francisco does on offense. They're really run heavy. They're pretty creative in how they get that going. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be a good chess match. I'm with you, though. I'm also cheering for L.A. I hope they take it home. I think they got a better chance, especially if they're going to end up against KC in the in the Super Bowl. But uh, That'll be pretty cool to see back-to-back Super Bowls being hosted by uh, the home team. So Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. Okay, well, we'll see how that all plays out tomorrow. Uh, Alex, I want to ask you, just to finish off the podcast here, who is your favorite receiver of all time and why? I'm going to go with, like I obviously haven't watched football for – since I was younger, but Devontae Adams, I think when I really got into football, he was just uh, coming up. So, I mean, I just love his ability to get open. I love his connection with his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're back in Green Bay uh, next year. Probably not, but, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Devontae Adams. There's the crisp, all-around receiver in my books. Super talented receiver. And, and yeah, just speaking on that, what, what's going to happen? I know Rodgers, uh, I was listening to him on the Pat McAfee show this week, and he was kind of like, almost saying, like, I need to wait for Devontae to figure out what I'm going to do or or that kind of thing, or yeah. vice versa. Like, like, wherever one of them's going, they're going. But it scares me how the, the OC there just signed with uh, Denver. So, I mean, yeah. if I had to bet money on it, I might be betting Denver right now, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that Aaron Rodgers goes to my Steelers. Well, yeah. You never know. Yeah, you never yeah. know. You never know. We're going to find out, though. Okay, buddy. Um, I want to thank you for being on tonight with me and talking ball, talking about your season and the redemption of 2021. Awesome time to reconnect with you. I hope you enjoyed your night. Boy, I appreciate it, Coach. Thank you for having me. It was a good time. Always good time. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks again. And I want to thank the audience who's listening to the podcast every week. We've got more great guests coming your way. And I hope everybody has a great night. Thank you.